Welcome to Seven Mile Ministry. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, good morning, everybody. We had our um, end of the year banquet last night for our dirt bike racing guys and gave out awards and whatnot. And um, the fellow who won, who's the champion, I think he's about 21 years old. And um, he, he, gave, he got an opportunity to give his, his speech, you know which is what happens when you win. You get up there and you thank all your sponsors and everybody that helped. This young man gets up here and he says, first and foremost, I want, I want to thank my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and without him none of this will be possible. And of course he thought he thanked his family and his sponsors, but he said, you know, my favorite part of the race is not even the race, it's before the race when he's talking about me when Red gets up there and preaches to us. And he said, he said because he's preaching the Word of God. And he said, the Word of God's most important. That's the most important thing. And um, man, it fired me up. It did. That's the, that's the guy that all the younger guys look at and they want to be like. You understand what I'm saying? And um, so he's listening. And I know he's attending the church in the city he lives in. I'm not sure exactly where or what. That's not even important. But what's important is um, God's working. And um, um, our our uh, series is, is growing, but more importantly, it's growing in the in the Lord and the things of God. And um, three people got saved at the banquet last night. That's exciting. Three grown people. And uh, anyway, just wanted to share that with you this morning. God's good, and if you put Him first. You seek Him diligently and fervently in everything you do. Guess what? He shows up. No matter where you're at, what you're doing, He's going to show up. He'll show up. He's never gave you any bad direction or any advice. If you've ever got yourself involved in a bad business deal, the Lord didn't lead you to the bad business deal. I've been involved in bad business deals. I've bought things I shouldn't have bought. I've done stupid things. God did not direct me to do the stupid thing that I did. That's the truth. He doesn't do that. He leads you the right way. The problem is we want to go the way we want to go. Sometimes we think, oh, the Lord's leading us this way, but we really want it so bad in our fleshly desires that we'll convince ourselves that the Lord's leading us this way. And then you get in, in, in the middle of something and you realize that wasn't the Lord leading me that way. You know how you know? Because it didn't work out. You lost all your money. Or you lost your marriage. Or you lost something. The Lord doesn't lead you to do that. He wants only good for you. Amen. It's quiet, but that's the truth. So we've got to be seeking Him fervently every day of our life. Seeking Him. You don't seek Him here and there when you need Him. It's a daily thing. It's not a I have to, it's I want to. And sometimes you have to look at it as I have to 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 ever get into the place of I want to. I mean, you just don't just want to. But once you get into the Word, the Word gets into you. You read the pages, it reads you. The next thing you know, you want to. You got to. You absolutely have to. If I just cut the Word off, and I don't ever cut the Word off, but I'll be, I'm going to be honest with you. So I've been living for the Lord. I mean, living for the Lord. Not coming to church and sitting in the chair. But I mean, living for the Lord for 10 years, about 10 years, give or take a few months. 
And uh, during that 10 years, sure, I've got busy in my life where a day or two or three or four went by and I didn't get into the Word. I didn't hear the Word. Uh, and I honestly, all kidding aside, start to feel sick. Sick. Like something on the inside of me is dying. Like, I got to have it. I, I can relate to somebody that's addicted to drugs. Because I know they're on drugs and they've been doing drugs for months or even years and now they quit. But you, something says, I got to have it. The word's the same way. If you get in it and you stay in it and then you just quit, there's something in you that's yearning for it and you got to have it. Amen. So I've got a bunch of scripture here I'm going to read through quickly to get to this one scripture which is uh, the foundation right here. And uh, let me get going. Matthew 6 chapter is where we're going to be. And then we're going to go to Psalms. And we're going to stay there for a while. It says, Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust can destroy and where thieves can break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and thieves can break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I'll stop right there for a moment. I'm not preaching on this necessarily today, but I want to say this. I've heard people say, oh, my heart is in it. My heart is in this church. My heart belongs to the Lord. But, but their money says otherwise. Wherever your money goes and your heart goes, your heart goes, your money goes, they are connected together. You can't say, I am 100% sold out for the Lord, living for Him. I'm giving Him everything. But you don't tithe or you don't, you don't, you don't sow into the, His kingdom then you're, you're lying to yourself. Because wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That's pretty simple. Amen. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore the eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if the eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You can't serve God and mammon, God and money, God and things of this world. You can't serve the bass boat and God. You can't serve the checking account and God. You're going to serve one or the other. You're going to seek one or the other. You're going to seek after, you're going to fervently seek after one or the other. It's to add some more money to that checking account, that banking account, that savings account. Add another vehicle, add another boat, add another dirt bike, add another whatever worldly thing, outfit, new pair of boots, hairdo, whatever it is. And God wants you to have these things. But you're going to seek one thing or the other. He's saying, seek me. Therefore, I say to you, don't worry about your life. And we do worry about it because we think it's a really big deal. But in the big scheme of things, it's not that big of a deal. When you leave this earth right here, that's a big deal. Just like Josh was talking about. I heard a preacher say once, he said, you can be cool now and burn later. Or you can burn now and be cool later. And what he meant was you can be cool and seek after worldly things now and burn in hell later. Or you can burn now and burn for Jesus and be cool later in heaven. But in life... Uh, he says, more important, what, don't worry about what you're going to eat or drink. Your body, uh, what's put on it, is life not more important than food? And the body more important than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. For they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you more valuable 
than they are. We preached a sermon about a year ago. It said, God loves you more than a bird. He takes care of birds and he loves you more than a bird. He'll take care of you. Don't worry about it. Don't, don't, don't spend your time and effort worrying about these things. Spend your time seeking him. Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? By worrying, can you add one brick or one mortar joint to your house? Why no? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field and how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to, uh, that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Solomon, the richest man on the planet. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things Gentiles seek, and this is before Jesus Christ went to the cross. He's talking about these are people that don't have a covenant with me. This is worldly people, but guess what? He went to the cross, so all these things belong to us now. So what, he could, what you can say is this is what unrighteous people seek versus righteous people. You and I, we're righteous. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. This is the verse I, was, I said all that to say this, or I read all that to read this. But seek first the kingdom of God, His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. All these things that we just read through, all the things in this world that you need to get by, to live, a house, a, a car, a money, clothing, food, these things, don't worry about these things. Don't seek after these things. If you'll just seek first my uh, kingdom, my righteousness, all these other things, they'll be taken care of. They'll be added unto you. So here's the part where we miss it, is seeking Him first. Seeking Him first. To fervently seek Him and let's go to Psalms real quick. The 63rd verse, uh, chapter, the first verse says, Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you, for my soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. Are you thirsting for him like, like you're in a desert, thirsting for water, like a desert thirsts for water? Are you thirsting for him like you, somebody's holding your head under the water and you just want to breathe? Or you want some air like you have an asthma attack? I've had one before. You really want to breathe really bad. Let me tell you. Are you thirsting for him? Are you longing for him? My flesh longs for you. He says, early I'll seek you. So I've looked for you in the sanctuary, sanctuary to see your power and your glory. I'm longing for you. I'm seeking you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. So I've looked for you in the sanctuary. I want to see your power and see your glory. Does this scripture right here, does it describe your relationship with the Lord? Does it? Are you seeking Him? Are you fervently seeking Him on a daily basis? Well, nobody knows the answer to that except you. I certainly don't know it. Let me tell you, when you're weak with God, temptation is strong. When you're not seeking the Lord daily, temptation is strong. But when you get into this Word and you get into praise and worship music, when you, when you set your eyes on the Lord and you seek Him daily, guess what? The temptation that used to be strong, now it's weak. Because when you're strong in Him, temptation is weak. But when you're weak in Him, temptation is strong. When you stay out all night long, it's hard to stay awake on Sunday mornings too. Woo, let's wake up. 
Even if you got to stand up, it's better to stand up and hear the word than to sleep. Rise and shine. Amen. What I was saying is, when you're in that word, the things that used to tempt you, here's how, here's a personal experience, is things that used to be so tempting to me that I couldn't resist, that it was just drawing me like a magnetic pull. When I started getting into the word and seeking the word of God, those things that used to tempt me, when I see them after that and I see them now, they disgust me. They make me want to barf. I think, how in the world did that ever used to draw me? Because it sickens me now. Because when you're strong in Him, the temptation becomes weak. And that's one, that's one way to scale it or judge it or uh, figure it out. When that temptation that used to be weak, but now it's coming back and it's strong again, you need to back up. You need to evaluate where I'm at. Why is this temptation that once was weak, now it's strong? I must be weak in the Lord. I need to seek His face. You see someone that's strong in their faith or that you see that's strong with God? Let me tell you, they didn't just stumble across it. They didn't just wake up with it. Like an athlete is born with some kind of a talent and he's just naturally good at it. You just don't, you're just not born with it. You see these people that you might look at and think, man, they are so spiritual. They know so much word. Or that's the go-to person. They didn't stumble across it. Guess what? They've been seeking the Lord fervently, not just for a day, but for years. People go to my grandmother all the time. You know why? Because she just stumbled across it. That's why she's full of so much knowledge and so much word and can quote so much scripture and can help so many people out because she just happened along one day and just ran into it. No, she spent a lifetime of seeking the Lord. That's, that's how it happens. You've got to seek it if you want it. <clears throat> and I think people will sincerely do want it. Because when I was younger and I didn't have much of a relationship with the Lord, I would see people that had it and I would think, man, I wish I had it like they did. I wish I had that. Maybe one day, you know, when I get finished having fun, maybe then I'll seek the Lord or whatever it is, crazy thoughts that come into my mind. I didn't realize I could have it. I I did think it was something special. But I think people do want it and don't don't know how to get it. Well, the only way you're going to get it is to, to seek Him. But I did write down a couple things here. You need to surround yourself with people that are going to pour into you. You either need to have people pouring into you. Every, everybody that you're around, you need to, they either need to be pouring into you or you need to be pouring into them. The problem is a lot of times we're around people that are pouring in negativity and bad junk and unbelief. <clears throat> and a bunch of hocus pocus and just worldly things that don't make a hill of beans. So you need to be careful about who's surrounding you and what they're pouring into you. And more importantly, you need to be careful about what you're pouring into other folks. You need to be thinking about the words that you're speaking, how it's going to inf- impact their lives. Just like the, the fellow I was talking about last night, the one the series, the things he said, the things he says these younger kids are looking at, he can make a huge impact on those kids one way or the other, negatively or positively. But you need to think about 
who, who's around you, what they're pouring into you. And I was thinking to myself about the people that's poured into me. And things that I've heard people say before in ministry is they are just absolutely worn, slap out. I don't even have enough energy to even move because I've been pouring into all these people. Well, if you're so absolutely wore out, tired, you can't even get out of the bed and move because you've been pouring into people, you're doing it wrong. Because if God's called you to pour into these people's life, He'll give you the grace to do it. So if you're, do, <clears throat> you're doing it on your own, if you're just so wore out and tired, you can't even physically uh, be the mom that you need to be or take care of your husband or husband take care of you because you've been pouring into all these other people and you're just wor- It's wrong. It's wrong. He'll give you the grace to do it. He'll give you the strength to do it. But I don't think you set your watch and say, well, I got to get up and pour into these people today. And I'll give you an example with, with me and Josh right here. So about 10 years ago, when I very first sold out and gave my life to the Lord, I wanted it. I did. I'd, I'd, I'd get up reading, praying, listening all day long, work. And, and, but I'm thinking about what I was reading that morning or the night before, thinking about it. Thinking about it. I wanted it. And this is before I got a... Uh, you know, the phone, fancy phone, all that stuff. And I just had a regular flip phone. I probably didn't know how to use what I had. Who knows? It don't matter. But I'd have eight Bibles on my bed. Literally eight. And I would read the scripture and all the translations for hours every night. And my wife loved it. She's like, yes, yeah, stay back there. Just keep reading. <laughs> yes. Because I was seeking it. And I wanted it. I wanted it. But me and him will be together. And so I've been in church my whole life. I had heard the word, so it's not like I was just completely green. I knew some things. But he had been in ministry way longer than me, and he knew way more about words than I did. So I'm, I'm just kind of uh, reading. I'm, I'm learning new things. Well, we were together a whole lot at that time, a whole lot. So all day, we were just talking about the word. I mean, while we're working, we'll be talking about the Word. I'll ask him a question about a scripture. I'll say, I read this. The Lord showed me this. Whatever. We just talk about it. He would come to my house and pick me up way before church started. We would drive up here in his truck. We'd park right back there. And we'd just sit there. And we'd just talk about the Word. That's the truth, didn't we? We'd just talk about the Word. See, he may not even realized it, but he was pouring into me. He wasn't saying, well, i got to get up and go pour in the red this morning. You know what? He poured into me by just being himself. That's it. He was just being Josh, and he was pouring into me. And then the more I began to learn and stuff, then I, 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 I was pouring into him. I didn't even realize it. I realize it now because a lot of times on Wednesday, he'd say, hey, you know what you told me earlier? He'd go, I'm going to use that tonight in my sermon if you don't mind. I said, heck no. I'm... I'm excited that you would actually use something I said. You know, roll tide. But that was huge. I didn't realize it now. I mean, I didn't realize it then. I realize it now how huge that was. You understand? Being around somebody. We weren't talking about the weather, the ball game, uh, taxes, or political stuff. We were just talking about the Word. We were just talking about the Word. Pouring into you need to think about the people that's closest around you, what are they pouring into you? And the people that are underneath you, so to speak, or around you, or your influence, your sphere of influence, what are you pouring into them? Pain and problems are another thing that'll uh, get you there. 
They will. Because pain and problems is what got me to turn to the Lord. I got tired of problems. I got tired of being broke, busted, and disgusted, and the pain was more than I could bear. And I turned to the Lord, and I started seeking Him fervently. And um, God will use your pains and, and your problems to turn you to Him. He will. He'll give you some rope. He's always there to reel you back in. Things that help you to see God. Um, being here this morning. <clears throat> being here this morning. That's a thing that will help you to see God. That will help you to see all the things that are available, available to you. What you see on TV. What you listen to on the radio. Uh, books that you read. We've all got 24 hours in a day and you can spend it any way you want to. If you just sit down and thought about how much time that you waste in a day. It's crazy. I mean, so, so I get my phone out, and I've got a couple of uh, alerts or what have you on Facebook. So I'm going to click on it, and, okay, they asked this question, or they said this, or they tagged this picture of me. The next thing you know, I'm strolling through it, and I'm clicking on that crazy uh, uh, lady, uh, Ortiz, is that her last name? She's a nut. What's your name? Cotez, yeah, say whatever it is. Uh, she needs the Lord, and before, before she finds the Lord, they need to go ahead and put her in a padded room until then. But I'll be listening to that lady for a few minutes. And the next thing you know, I'm listening to uh, one of those other guys. The next thing you know, 10, 15 minutes has gone by that I have absolutely completely wasted. I learned nothing. I was educated zero bit. I just wasted 10 or 15 minutes of my life, and if nothing else, it just got myself mad, thinking how in the Lord is somebody like this uh, participating in run, trying to run our country. Amen. My goodness. That happens all day long. What if I said, you know what, scratch that. Let me just read the Word right here. Let me listen to two or three praise and worship songs. Whatever it is. Let me flip on this podcast or on this app and listen to this man preach the Word of God. What if we replaced it with that? That's what you need to do if you want to grow in the Lord. If you want that relationship with the Lord like I'm talking about. Psalms, the ninth chapter, the tenth verse says, And those who know your name will put their trust in you for you... Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. I quote that all the time and I say that God has not forsaken you. He won't leave you and He won't forsake you. You know, and this week, I don't even remember it, even having read this scripture in the past, but boom, there it is. For you, Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. In other words, there is something required of you and I. It's seeking Him. It's seeking Him. What he's saying is, I haven't gone anywhere. And nothing has changed on my end. What's changed is on your end. You're not seeking me maybe like you once were. Or maybe you're not seeking me at all because you never were. But I've not left you. I've not forsaken you. Just seek me. He's a gentleman. He don't just come kick the door in and say, Hey, man, you, we fixed to have a relationship right here. I'm fixing to just bless you whether you want it or not. I'm fixing to just heal you whether you want it or not. You're going to heaven even if you don't want to. He don't do that. He says, seek me. Seek me. Seek me. Let me tell you something. Here's what it's like. 
It's like you've been walking away from the Lord or you haven't been seeking Him or you've been seeking worldly things. But as soon as you stop and you turn around and you decide to seek Him, there He is! Boom! He's going to hit you in the face like a college linebacker. That's how it is. And that's pretty exciting. The wicked and his proud countenance Flip over a page if you're in Psalms 9 to Psalms 10. The wicked in his proud countenance does not seek God. God is in none of his thoughts. Let me tell you something. Seeking cultivates your your spirit. The wicked in his proud countenance does not seek God. And God is in none of his thoughts. Well, problems are going to arise. And problems have already arised. Arose, whatever it is. Problems are coming. The Bible says so. Problems are going to come. So here, ask yourself this question right here. When problems arise in your life, up in your house, what's the first thing you do? What's the first thing you do? Do you seek Him first? Is that the first thing you do? Because that's what the Scripture right here is saying, is God's in none of your thoughts. And the wicked in His proud countenance does not seek God. God's in none of his thoughts. So when problems arise, what's in your thoughts? The first thing you do is say, I'm going to seek the Lord in this matter and I'm going to pray. I'm not going to get worked up. I'm not going to try to figure out what I can pawn off and how I can come up with some money and how I can get a second or third job or what in the world we're going to do about this or what that and exhaust all your resources and then say, well, there's nothing left to do. Let's pray. Because you've all done it. I have too. Sometimes I still find myself trying a few things and then I go... What in the world am I doing? I should have prayed. Why am I even getting all worked up? God loves me more than a bird. I've got no control over this matter. If I had so much uh, knowledge and, and, and control, I wouldn't be in this situation. I need to go to somebody that is higher. I don't know the way, but he does. I, I did some figures uh, on a job, and I owed a man a thousand dollars. He didn't even know it, but I did. There was a lot of figuring that went on, and it was sixteen hundred. But the one was so close to the dollar sign that I thought that one was one of those dollar signs. And after I went back through all of it, I saw it. I got to looking at it. I was like, "Oh, got a thousand dollars. Dang! I don't want to give him a thousand dollars." But I have to. Then I finished a job the same day. And the guy said, I'm going to give you an extra $1,000. And I said, could I have a V8? I mean, why would I even be worried about this $1,000? God's got this. I didn't know how. I didn't see it coming. But when the dude gave me that, I was like, I mean, thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. When problems arise, do you seek Him first? In Psalms 27, flip on over a few more pages. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You've been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me. O God of my salvation, when my father and my mother forsake me, 
then the Lord will take care of me. When everybody else has left you, when everybody else has forsaken you, guess who's still there? And he's there when what? When you seek my face. When you seek my face. When everything's falling apart around you, family's turning their back on you, no matter what's going on around you, guess who is going to always be there? He says, I'm not going to seek my face. I won't forsake you. I'll still be here. Amen? Flip on over a few more pages of Psalms 34. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. You need to be the aggressor. You need to seek Him. He says, you'll lack no good thing. And that's a good thing to know because when I very first started living for the Lord, there's some scriptures I didn't know, this being one of them. I didn't know that if I would just seek Him, that I would lack no good thing. There were some things in my life that I was lacking and I didn't really realize that all hands of seeking Him first. Because he says, if you'll seek me first, you'll lack no good thing. What's a good thing? There's a lot of good things out there. Good things like a good marriage. A good marriage. There's good things out there like some good kids. There's some blessings out there. Some kids that are blessed. Blessings upon you, your whole family. Blessings on your business. There's good things out there like a good job. Like health. Like healing. Peace and joy, those are good things. Money, direction from the Lord, they're good things. And I will not hold any good things for those who seek me, who seek my face, who seek me first. I won't withhold these things from you. See, those are things I didn't know. You know, when I learned them, when I got into the Word. You go through ups and downs in life. I'm not, I'm not oblivious to that, I understand. But you know what you do when you're up? You stay in the Word. You keep seeking Him. You know what you do when you're down? You stay in the Word and you keep seeking Him. And I've seen it both ways. I've seen people that get down and they don't seek Him. And they just get, I mean, farther and farther away and turn into all kind of evil things. But more, more often I see people that are on top. And once they get on top, then they quit seeking Him. Because I don't need you now. Because I got this. Have you seen... My checking account? Why do I need him? I got a meal right here. That's when you get into a dangerous place. There's not a meal right here, by the way. This is mine and Sticks uh, racing account. Dear Lord, we're speaking. <laughs> but hey, I don't look at that and get all worried. What is there to get worried about? I can't do nothing about it anyway. I know somebody that can. In Psalms, the 40th chapter, flip a few more pages. Let all those who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Let such as love your salvation say continually that the Lord be magnified. All those who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Guess where joy and goodness is found? Guess where gladness is found? By seeking Him. Seeking Him. Seeking Him. And there's a scripture that we quote all the time. And it's Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, And we, we speak this scripture mainly over young people, teenagers, college age kids, because we want them to know, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. We want them to know that the Lord's got some thoughts. And His thoughts are of peace 
and not of evil, but to give you a future and hope. The Lord loves you. He's got some thoughts. He's not thinking evil. No, He's thinking good. And He wants to give you a hope and a future. And then we just quit right there. But you have to continue on. You have to continue on. Amen? To the next scripture. It says, Then you'll call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. You want to know the plan he's got for your life? You want to know what it is? Well, you're going to have to seek his face. You're going to have to go to him. And guess what happens? You'll seek me and you'll find me. He, he's not playing hide and go seek. He's not trying to keep you from finding him. He wants you to find him. But he says, if you want to find me and you, the plan, the hope, the future, everything laid out that I've got for you, your destiny, guess what? You're going to have to come and seek me. And when you seek me, you'll find me. When you search for me with all your heart, there's a whole lot of half-hearted Christians that say, oh yeah, we live for the Lord and this, that, and the other, but you're not. He says, if you want to find this plan I've got for you, your future, what this work, you're going to have to come and seek me. You don't go up to the swimming pool and go, woo, that's cold. You just go jump in that thing head first. That's what he's talking about. Seek me with your whole heart, not with your big toe. How do you do these things? How do you seek Him? Let me tell you something. Uh, you want to know the plan that He's got for you? You want to know the plan for your life? You want to know what you should do with your life? I've heard so many people say, I don't even know what, my, what I'm supposed to be doing in this life, like what it is, like my calling, or I just don't know. I'm 40 or 50 or 60 or 70 or 80, and I've just never known my whole life. Well, I'll tell you why you've never known, and I'll tell you why you'll never know. If you don't seek Him first, you're not going to know. You've got to seek Him. So my point to that is, He has it. He has it. He has the plan for your life. He has it. Nobody else has it. He has it. And if you want to know it, you're going to have to seek Him. So quit wasting time. Why waste another day going through life wondering what is it that I'm supposed to be doing with my life that He has given to me? I just don't know. Why? Don't waste another day, another minute. Start seeking Him. You seek Him and you will know. He'll direct your steps. You got to pick your foot up first. You can't move. You can't direct a foot that's planted on the ground. You got to pick this thing up and then He'll lead you over this way. He'll lead you over that way. Do you understand what I'm saying? How do you do these things? Well, first of all, get that daggone trash off the radio. You riding down the road listening to who knows what, that's not cultivating your spirit. That's polluting your spirit. That is polluting your spirit. Well, you know, it's I like this type of music or whatever. Well, I understand. You're going to have to decide what you like more. Seeking His face and the plan He's got for your life or uh, uh, Snoop Dogg. I don't even know their names anymore. You see, I noticed there's a pause there. I can't even think of anybody. You get, what's more important about what this rapper's got to say? Singing some ignorant, stupid stuff. Or some country singer saying, if the devil dance in empty pockets, he have a ball in mine. You lying? You daggum stinking rich. <clears throat> Cut that off. Cut on some praise and worship. 
Cut on some preacher that you like. Let let the word get into you. That TV you sit there and watch, uh, is it Desperate Housewives? Is that still on? You know, I got to get in touch with the current stuff. But I can tell you, that's garbage. It was garbage then, it's garbage now. Most everything on the TV is garbage. If you want to watch something decent on TV, you got to get Netflix and go on there and watch Andy Griffith's show. I watch about an episode a, a night. Sometimes I skip a couple of nights and I watch two or three. Every, every one of them's good. I've never seen anything on there bad. They all have a good point and a good meaning. And, and Andy and Bo Barney's funny. And there's probably some other good shows that you can watch. But if you think about all the hours you waste watching garbage and how that's just putting into you, putting into you, now cut that junk off. I want something in my life to change. Well, you've got to change something in, in what you do with your life. The time that you spend. Amen? You've got to get in this atmosphere. I come home sometimes... So I walk in the door, when I open the door, if I smell good, if I smell the food, I mean, immediately, I'm happy. I'm like, yes. Sometimes I don't smell the food and I come in and Jackie can probably see my face and she's like, I'm fixing to cook. Now, I don't say anything, it's just, yeah, I'm hungry when I get home. Can you tell? So, but I like that. I do. That's one of my favorite things is to walk in that front door and take my shoes off and I smell tacos or chili or I don't even know what it is. It just smells good. I'm ready to find out what it is. But there's another thing I like too is when she's got the YouTube thing on the TV. It's pretty amazing. Like I just discovered all this recently. Like we're behind the times. But you can get your TV and you can just like mash a button and there's YouTube right there on the TV. Did y'all know that? crazy but she'll have these you know have some songs playing and like if you just type in one like if you type in Carrollton rebuild of the song it'll play another song and another song and it just keeps on going so I walk in and there's this atmosphere there's this praise and worship is coming out of my TV filling my living room my kitchen and it smells good (laughs) but it is it's an atmosphere it's an atmosphere People go to my grandma's shop when she used to be down there. She was there praying in the spirit all day long. And they would come in and she would start talking to them about the word. It's this atmosphere. They didn't want to leave. Tony and Papa would be like, okay, it's time for you to go. You've been here for six hours. <laughs> you know, it's like a fat guy at Chinese buffet. It's over. Get out. But they didn't want to leave. And I see for years the same thing. Um, at my my in-law's house. People don't want to leave. There's something there. It's an atmosphere. And you're not going to see a manifestation. I want to see a manifestation of the Lord, the Holy Spirit to show up. I want Him to wreck this place. I want all these things. You're not going to see a manifestation of the power of God unless you first seek Him. It's not going to happen. You wonder sometimes on a Sunday morning why maybe a service is more powerful than others. It's not because, it's not necessarily because of me. It's because of you. What did you do this week? Were you seeking the Lord this week? 
Was it getting in you, cultivating your spirit? Did you come in here seeking something? Because if you gather together in the name of Jesus, guess what? He shows up. He shows up. You're not going to see these things unless you seek first the kingdom of God. It goes together. You get up in the morning or during the day or whenever it is and you, uh, you, you get into the Word of God. You know what? We see these uh, spiritual giants. I said this earlier. I almost said it again. You see these spiritual giants. You say, he is so spiritual. She is so spiritual. They're spiritual because they seek the Lord on a daily basis. You read, you read a scripture. So you think, you know what? I'm not going to get on Facebook this morning. I'm going to read a scripture. I'm getting off this. I'm going to read a scripture. And you get into the Word of God and you start reading a scripture. And then the next day you come in church. I've had this happen so many times to me when I was sitting there. And many people here have come up to me and told me while I'm up here preaching. that So many times, I mean lots of times, people say, I read that scripture last night. The one you were preaching on, I read it last night. Anna's told me before, I read that last night. Or uh, on Thursday, I was listening to a preacher in California, somebody I never even heard of, and he said the same thing, or he preached the same thing, and then now you're preaching it. Guess what? That's the Lord saying, hey, hello. Out of the word are two or three people, and I will establish your destiny. So you, you, you read it. I've, I had a friend one time, he told me, he was sitting right there. And after, this has been like five, six, seven years ago, a long time ago. I come down, he goes, I read all those scriptures last night. And this guy was brand new to church. He said, I read them all last night. And I said, you did? He goes, yeah, I woke up at two o'clock in the morning. I couldn't sleep and I'm just laying there. I just felt like I needed to read my Bible. But he had never read it. But he had one in his house. And he said he didn't want to wake his wife up. So he said he goes through the dark and he, he finds it. And he, he don't even know where to read. He don't know Genesis from Revelation. He says he opens it up and goes, hmm, read this. Till he got sleepy, he went to bed. Then he came in the next day and I preached on it. And then he just left like, well, just coincidence. No, it wasn't a coincidence. And the same things happened to you. Many people here have told me, out of the mouth of two or three, your destiny will be established. That's the Lord speaking to you. He's talking to you. Just like in Sunday school this morning, I went to Sunday school. I don't always go to Sunday school. Usually I stay in my office and I pray and I read scriptures and I try to get primed and ready for service, right? But today I was like, I'm just going to go to Sunday school. Not because they were eating. I did that a couple weeks ago. But I went because I just wanted to. I just, something's like, go on over there. And Sandra said, you know, I've been preaching in the Old Testament, teaching in the Old Testament rather, but this, this week I just couldn't keep going in the Old Testament. Something was leading me to the New Testament. And she started teaching. And one of the first things she said was, you got to seek His righteousness. And I said, that's why I'm in here. Because everything she talked about this morning laid a foundation for the sermon. Didn't it? That's the Lord. When you seek His face, and I say this, you got your radio station, you know how you just get it off a number? It's a little fuzzy. That tells you you got it on the right dial. You can read one scripture. It may not mean that much to you, but then you come in here and you hear us preach on it, somebody teach on it, then all of a sudden it came, comes alive to you. And the Lord comes alive to you. And you're like, one word will change your life. And it comes from seeking His face. I've got stories for days. One of the most recently was that Pepsi thing. 
I mean, that fired me up. I'm not even going to lie to you. I heard somebody talking about the Pepsi challenge. I got home. There's a Pepsi sitting on my counter. There has never in the in 25 years, me and Jackie had our 25th Valentine's Day this year. I got her five dozen roses, so pop that. Never been a Pepsi in my home that I can think of. And, and, and the whole Pepsi thing the, was about a sip being taken out of it. And there's a Pepsi sitting there with a sip taken out of it. That's how the Lord works. Now, rather than listening to the man talk about the Pepsi challenge, I could have been listening to Whiskey Bent and Hellbound. Or I could have been listening to whatever, rock and roll. Any, I could have been doing any other thing I wanted to be doing, but I was listening to the Word. And then when I got home, that happened. And then and to top it off, Walker, my, he poured the thing out. And then I said, Lord, why did he pour it out? And he said, because I want you to pour it out. But it all started to, it, you can rewind it, back up to seeking his face. I got a 45-minute drive home. What am I going to do? I'm going to seek Him. I'm going to listen to the Word. I'm going to listen to somebody preaching. I'm going to listen to praise and worship. I'm going to be putting something good in to cultivate my spirit. Trenton's told me the same thing before. He said, I read that or I saw that or this happened. A lot of you have. A lot of you have. My grandma just tells me that every single week. I'm like, you know, get over it, Birmingham Betty. We know you know so much word. <laughs> and she does because when I very first started preaching, I would read something and I thought that God had showed me something no other human being on the planet knew. And I'd be like, Grandma, guess what I read today? Guess what the Lord showed me? I'd be telling her. She's like, oh yeah, that's in uh, Ezra, fourth chapter, second verse. I'm like, how the heck did you know that? It's like she's just like a walking Bible. You know what I'm saying? She knew where, like, who even knows where Ezra is? Chapter 2 Chronicles, I do believe. But anyway, let's, let's move forward. You seek Him and something powerful gets released. That's just the bottom line. When you seek the Lord and you get into this Scripture and you come in and you hear the same Word or you, you come across somebody that's... Anyway, you have one of those situations, you go back to seeking Him. When you seek Him, something powerful gets released. And you may not see it right then. But what you see is going to catch up to what you hear. Second Chronicles, the 26th verse, in the 26th chapter and the 5th verse. He sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. As long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. You need to listen to this, high school kids, college kids, businessmen, people of every color, every race, big and small ones, all of you listen to this. As long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. Prosper in your marriage, prosper in your business, prosper in your finances, prosper in every area of life is all hinged off right there seeking the Lord. As long as he was seeking the Lord, God made him prosper. That needs to be on your refrigerator. So you can say, I'm not prospering in this area, go back to this. 
As long as he seeks the Lord, just keep seeking the Lord. Just keep seeking the Lord. He's going to make you to prosper. You skip on down here to the 8th verse. God helped him against the Philistines, uh, against the Arabians who lived in uh, something, and against the... Skip on. So God's helping him right here. And it says... uh, his fame spread as far as the entrance of Egypt, and he, for he became exceedingly strong. He's seeking the Lord. Now he's famous. His fame spread all the way to the entrance of Egypt, and he became exceedingly strong. He became exceedingly strong. Why? Because he was seeking the Lord. Amen? It says, He made devices in Jerusalem invented by skillful men. He, inventions are coming to him. Inventions. The Lord's giving him inventions to be on the towers and on the corners to shoot arrows and large stone. His fame spread far and wide for he was marvelously helped till he became strong. The Lord was helping him. He was seeking the Lord. The Lord was helping him marvelously. He was marvelously helped. His fame is spreading. He's giving him inventions until he became strong. But when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction. For he transgressed against the Lord. You know what? There's strength and weakness. There's strength and weakness. When you're weak, he's made strong. And we come to the Lord in weakness. And we start seeking his face just like he did. He's seeking the Lord. And it says the Lord, was, he was prosperous. And he's giving him inventions. He's getting famous. And, and uh, all these things are happening to him until he was made strong. That's what happens to us. That's what happens to us. See, when we're weak, He's made strong. But when when we want to do it under our own efforts, it's like saying, hey God, I got this. Like I said a minute ago, you see my checking account? I don't need you anymore. That's a dangerous place to be in life. It's no matter how strong you get, no matter how powerful you get, no matter how much fame in the good times. When you come home, she's got the supper ready. The music's playing. The kids show you their report cards. They all got straight A's. People giving you big old tips on your job. Life is good. It's 68 degrees outside. It's not raining. The sun's shining. That's, that's the place we, we quit seeking him. Because it's all good in the neighborhood. You got to continue to seek him. You continue to seek him and you'll prosper. We get too busy we get too busy for the Lord, too busy to seek Him, and then guess what? Problems are knocking on the door. And sin does lie at the door. Sin lies at the door. And I'm going to finish with this scripture right here. In fact, let's, I don't know what song, but Anna, whole crew, every how you want to do it, whatever you feel led, let's get ready right here. Sin lies at the door. I want to tell you, Satan is always ready to come in. But just like I said, God won't kick the door in and make you have a relationship with it. Satan can't just come up in your house either. You have to open the door. But he is laying there right at the door. Sin is crouched at the door. He just needs a wee little bit of crack, crack in the door and he's in there. Y'all following me? I left my door cracked when two snakes crawled in. Perfect example of how Satan does. He lies right there at the door. Sin's laying right there at the door just ready to bust up in. Satan wants to come in and wreak havoc on your whole entire family. Just tear it to shreds. 
In Genesis, the fourth chapter, the seventh verse, last scripture. If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. And this desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Satan's ready to come in. He's crouched at the door, ready to come in. Sin's right here lying at the door, just like the Scripture says. But it says, you shall rule over it. That's good news. That we have rule. We have dominion over it. Prosperous times come and we quit seeking it. David quit going to battle. David quit going to battle. David was on the front lines. He was seeking. He was leading. He was setting an example for all others. He was seeking. But then David got built up higher and higher and higher. And while all the other kings and all the other men, the army, they're going to battle, David said, he got passive. And he said, I'm just going to stay back. If you know your Bible, you know what I'm talking about. He said, I'm just going to stay back. I'm good. I'm blessed. Life is good. Everything's good in the neighborhood. I'm just going to stay back. Prosperous times lead to passiveness. Passiveness leads to overpowering emotions. Overpowering emotions lead to impure thoughts. Impure thoughts lead to private sin. And private sin leads to public consequences every single time. It happened to David. It'll happen to you. It's already happened to some of you. It's happened to me. Private sin leads to public consequences. I've got a beautiful family. But know this, sin's crouched at the door. Man, I got a beautiful wife. Our relationship's great. My kids, my, my grandma, my grandpa, my mom, and my dad, my whole family, church, money, everything is so good. I'm so blessed. Sin's crouched at the door. Don't quit seeking his face. Because you can't love one thing and love the other. You can't love God and you can't love man. And you can't seek the world and you can't seek Him. You're going to seek one or the other. What's it going to be? As soon as you quit seeking His face, just know sin's crouched at the door. Satan's crouched at the door. He's ready to come in. He's ready to come in and turn your house upside down. He's ready to attack you with sickness, disease. He's ready to attack your finances. He's ready to attack your wife and put thoughts in her mind that come from the pits of hell that says she's not good enough. She'll never be good enough. She ain't never been good enough. He's going to put thoughts in your mind that say you're not a good provider and you've already messed up so much there's no hope for you. He's crouched at the door ready to come in. But you can rule over it if you'll just seek His face. So many times, I don't even talk to Anna during the week. I work full-time, she works full-time. Occasionally, occasionally. So many times she'll come in here and sing songs that line up with the sermon, but I didn't tell her what I was preaching on and she didn't tell me what she was singing on. That That only comes one way, seeking the Lord.
So here's how we're going to end. Some people aren't seeking the Lord at all. Other people are seeking a little bit. Other people have lived a life where you sought the Lord and you've fallen away a little bit. Everybody's in different places this morning. I understand that. But today's a new day. Today's a day to start a fresh seeking. Start a fresh seeking. To say, Lord, here's where I'm at. He already knows where you're at. Lord, here's where I'm at. Today is a new day. Today I'm going to start something fresh. Today I'm going to start seeking you like I never have before. I want to see your face. One of the scriptures, I don't remember if I read it or not. He says, I'll whisper to you. Did I read that one? I didn't. He says, I'll whisper to you. I'll whisper to you. That's how he does. Right in the middle of what you're going through and right in the middle of your struggle, he's right there whispering to you. He's going, see my face. Because he wants to help you. He wants to help you. He wants to move in your life. He wants you to see his power manifesting like never before. He's right there whispering. He's just saying, Seek my face. Just seek my face. Thank you for listening to this message from Seven Mile Ministry. 